Greetings, leaders, and welcome to the Leaders Lead, Leaders Read podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Shante Scroggins. Welcome to my space for all things leadership. I get the opportunity to share with you some wonderful books I'm reading and some object lessons. Leadership is all around us, and that's what I hope we discover in our times together. Stay tuned. Our exciting book selection today is from Ursula Burns, former CEO of Xerox. This book is called Where You Are Is Not Who You Are, a memoir. Leaders, they lead and leaders, they read. All right, y'all, let's dig in. This is Ursula Burns former CEO of Xerox. The book is called Where You Are Is Not Who You Are. The copyright is 2021. And this book has 13 chapters with a preface and some acknowledgments. And I hope you're not tired of hearing it, but I really, (laughs) I really enjoyed this book. Wrapped up in this book was a mentoring session, leadership development, board member prep and board culture, as well as coaching and modeling. This was such a great read. And I would encourage you, of course, I'm going to encourage you to buy it, but take your time when you read it, because there's so much to think about, even if you're going to listen to it as an audio book. Just take your time with it and enjoy it. Ursula Burns. So hers is really a bit of a rags to riches story. Um, She tells a lot about her early years, grade school, her parents, her siblings, and how this all goes into framing her perspective once she gets into business. Uh, For those of you who are on the STEM train, Ursula Burns is an engineer, and so we get into being an African-American and being an African-American woman, young woman, in engineering and the sciences and how she becomes um, the only representation in certain settings. A fascinating story of her life and her uh, tenacity you find about her mom, you know, usually well-known, famous people, successful, established people, whatever the industry, there is one person, there are two or three people who stood out as pivotal in the formative years. And for Ursula Burns, it, it clearly reads as her mom. And you really tip your hat to her mom in this book, several places, um, quite a lady uh, in, in the description. So let's start with some some passages I'd like to read you from the book uh, because you know my pages are noted up and highlighted and flagged. So let's start. Here is a quote, page 41, that I am calling a coaching quote. Here's what she says. I have always been blunt in expressing my opinions, sometimes with good results, sometimes not. But it always stimulates discussion and saves time. 
My point was that we all had to be a little brusker and risk disagreeing with each other so that we could get through the problems faster and speak about them in a comfortable way without having to mince words. It was such a waste of time to be overly polite. While what I was proposing was that it was more than okay to be a bit more confrontational around issues we shouldn't compromise on in order to get everyone's ideas on the table. The goal was not to fight or scream or throw things, but to engage in hard conversations. Y'all, I could end the book review right here. I could close the book. I'm not going to, but I could. This is so powerful. And One of the things we know if we're going to be in business for ourselves as entrepreneurs, if we're going to help another's vision in working in their business, or if we are in an institutional setting, be it it medical, be it educational, uh, whatever it is, we have to learn how to have hard conversations. And very early in the book, you get a lesson on how this is done. In the margin, (laughs) I just wrote this exclamation point because that is more my style. I'm not very brusque. I'm not very, uh, I don't really intend, I should put it this way. I don't intend to be rude, but I am direct. It saves time if we can just quit the niceties. If everybody at the table doesn't like the idea, let's just start in on a better idea. You know, why don't we like this idea? I get this point, uh, not mincing words, getting through problems faster. Um, in certain organizations, we would call these lemon squeezes that if you just take the time to squeeze the lemon, you come out with some good stuff on the other end. Let's keep going. Here is another coaching example. Now, this is later in the career where Ursula Burns is on her way into the executive suite. She's being promoted. She's being noticed. And she's also being groomed and developed. Here's a section I'd like to read. As the CEO's executive assistant, I was tiptoeing into the executive suite. I was not there yet. When you are in that position, there are things the company knows about you, that you're pretty smart, that you've worked hard at a single task, and that you're fairly adaptable and can fit in without being a buffoon. What you have not proven yet is whether you can parlay those attributes into a leadership role. Will people actually follow you? Can you build a team so you can work with others in a collaborative way? Can you follow as much as you can lead? I still had much to prove. Okay, y'all, I hope you see what I mean in just two quotations. This is loaded that when we are in that transitional space of promoting from one place or level to another place or level, a higher place or level, that we have to, she uses this phrase, parlay our attributes. Can are our skills and abilities transferable or were they for the one thing we've been observed uh, doing well? Something to think about. Let me share with you a couple of the mentoring quotes. This first is how Ursula Burns mentored others. 
let's see her. Uh, I'm about to mention a name, Lloyd. This was her husband. Over the years, I passed on Lloyd's advice to other minority women in the company, black, Hispanic, whatever. They had gone to great schools and were exceptionally talented, so they didn't need job counseling. My mentoring was more about being comfortable in their skin. The system is not designed with you in mind. It's designed with other people in mind, I told them. It's not easy to describe exactly what that is, but you can feel it for sure. And you're going to have to maneuver it without losing who you are and without losing the technical and individual capabilities we hired you for. This I found to be so encouraging because in certain corporate spaces, I know I spent my time there very young Uh, There are people who, in an attempt to groom you and develop you, want to change you. So here we have a leader that says you have to find a way to stay grounded so that you can navigate or maneuver within this system and succeed. I thought that was brilliant. Let me flip to another quote. Now, during her tenure at Xerox, Ursula Burns um, gets to work very closely with top tier leadership. And this segment I'm about to read tells you an insight she gained from observing a top tier leader. For the first time, I saw fully that a leader needs people around her who are experts, who know what the hell they're doing so that the problem can be distributed in manageable pieces and get solved. I'm so glad I got to work with Paul before I progressed more in the company. This I thought was so great because treating higher, there's context for her leadership experience and there's context for her leadership advice and mentoring and coaching that I think I appreciate most. If you've heard any of the episodes of this podcast, you know, we want to drill down into the vocabulary of leadership and get off that leadership is good. Leadership is bad bus and really get into the nuance in describing and discussing leadership. And here we have a less just in a few lines, a lesson in delegation, how it can be done staffing to your weaknesses so that everyone around you is competent and makes a valuable contribution. These two are mentoring passages. Now here's one that I found interesting for leadership development from this same former CEO, Paul Ursula Burns says he gave her lessons in leadership One of them was to give people credit for ideas that they didn't have by selling them my ideas and letting them have ownership. That was a struggle for me, she says, but it turned out to be sage advice. The people with inherited ideas were far more apt to act on them. This, y'all, this is so good. I want us to take this and begin to think about the kinds of leadership lessons that we've learned. Let's go deeper than 
how to treat people or how to conduct a meeting or how to present ourselves or temperament and all these things matter. How we show up matters. But let's dig a little deeper into the nuance here. Giving people credit for ideas they didn't have by selling them my idea and letting them have ownership. We know when it's happening, but it's still a great opportunity to uh, stretch people and allow people to take on a task that might be a bit out of the out of the depth right now, but they can get into it and they can dig in there and really become something great. Let me share some of the board member pieces. This was so good. <laughs> when Ursula Burns had her first presentation with the Xerox board, uh, Vernon Jordan, I believe it was, took her under his wing and really started being a gatekeeper for her throughout her career in paving ways and bringing things up and bringing her name up. And after her first presentation, apparently she didn't wear any stockings. And uh, for those of you who are quite young, pantyhose, stockings, tights, something to cover the legs. And he wrote her a note <laughs> and he said, uh, stockings should always be worn. And she is interpreting his statement to her. And this is what she says. He was saying, in essence, I want to make sure you understand you're visiting the board. You're not on it. And this place is different from your normal. It's a higher level and people are judging everything about you. It's really important that you are aware of where you are. This is a, I find this, we're back to Shantae now. I find this to be a wonderful principle. Um, awareness, uh, being present. We we tend to throw these terms around about our personality and our and how we show up and how we take up space individually. But uh, this is a broader idea that we would be aware of where we are and act accordingly. Um, for some, that means code switching. I understand it. If, if it's what we need to do, I think it's what we need to do. But for, for the, we need to work ourselves into being able to seamlessly transition in and out of environments with a, a defined, very uh, keen sense of clarity on where we are. Here's another board quote re uh, regarding serving on a board and board culture. A board's culture is important for board members to understand as it determines whether they can contribute successfully Culture encompasses the unwritten norms of the group. It is not found in the governance manual, and it does not define how the board members operate or what they think is important. The ideal culture, in my opinion, is one that is inclusive and open, a culture in which everyone's ideas are heard. And I was lucky to find that culture at PQ. Now, I thought this was when, by the time I got to this page, <laughs> I have a note in the margins that just says, wow, who shares on this level in their memoir? Um, I found that Ursula Burns wasn't trying to present herself in any particular way. If she messed up, she wrote that she messed up. If she 
did a good job. She wrote that she did a good job. If she earned it, she said she earned it. If it if the credit belonged to someone else, she gave the credit to someone else. It was like I was sitting there having a conversation with her while reading this book and then thought, wow, this is a treat. This is extra. She is telling me about the culture of a board. She keeps on. She says, boards are a lot like clubs, even though this is changing now. You generally have to know a member to get in. Then she outlines these ways, how you get into, how you get onto a board, how you, uh, and she said, it's, it's a question that women often ask her how to get onto a board. She's giving us advice, ladies, on how to get onto a board, a working board, an advisory board. Um, the questions to ask, how to make the right choice for uh, serving on a board and that you actually have to put some work in. Uh, she says, you have to be willing to dedicate the time meeting five to seven times a year, not counting committee meetings. You won't be paid millions of dollars for your work and the reputational risk is substantial. Boards and companies can be sued for starters. Board members are generally personally protected by insurance, but every lawsuit or scandal takes up a lot of board time. Despite the drawbacks, she says, serving on a board is worth it. Y'all, these are just a few of the quotes I marked up this book. I enjoyed it. It, it sits on the bookcase with essentialism. That is how, um, by Greg McEwen, that is how I pulled this book back out to refer to it. So that's the end of my commercial. <laughs> uh, we'll be right back with some information you need to know. The principal sponsor for the Leaders Lead, Leaders Read podcast is the Center for Legacy Driven Leadership, a company focused on preparing emerging leaders. The Center for Legacy Driven Leadership offers curriculum development, leader training and development, along with knowledge sharing events. The Center for Legacy Driven Leadership, ever preparing to pass the torch. Thanks a bunch for joining us, you all, for this review of Ursula Burns. Where you are is not who you are. And I hope that I have tempted you uh, beyond your boundaries <laughs> to go and buy a copy of this book. It is for your library. It is for your mentees. It is for your coaching clients. It is for your book club. This book can go in many different directions. It will help women. It will inspire women, but bring them in, in too. There's a lot to be learned from this book from a woman who went so far in her career. Uh, thanks for joining us. We'll be back soon with another review.